Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a ceiling fan, going in circles and being cool the entire time. Uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about, well actually I'm sharing a segment from my other podcast called C-Note's Media Madness, uh, which is all about the INFJ personality type. Uh, I just recently have been started, I, oh, I just recently started working on a course for INFJs. Uh, I'm doing individual courses. They're all audio courses. I have a, um, a basics Myers-Briggs course and then an advanced course, and now I'm kind of working through all the individual courses slowly, but uh, it'll happen. Uh, so I wanted to share this first kind of free episode of the INFJ course, which like talks about all of the the depth of the personality type. And even if you're not that personality type, I think it's really interesting to listen to, to understand how some people think. Even if there are people who are INFJs in your life, you can kind of learn a little bit about what like introverted intuition is, what their, um, what their decision-making style is, why they care about people so much, but they're so intensely introverted. Um, they can be a little bit mysterious, but they have some weird quirks too. Like they kind of can monologue for a little while and sort of just share ramblings out loud. They're, they're kind of an interesting personality type. So I thought it was just, it would just be really fun to do a specific episode on INFJs to kind of lead you guys into the INFJ course. So that's something you can check out if you would like, um, and just talk about that for a bit. So, um, no funny anecdote that I can think of, but <laughs> other than that, let's just hit the button and do the thing. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to the first segment of the INFJ Breakdown. Um, I'm referring to this course as INFJ the Mage because INFJs tend to exhibit some semblance of magical qualities uh, about their behavior and the way that they look at the world. Um, and if you're watching this, so this is the first segment, meaning this is the first free segment. So you could be hearing the audio version, you could be listening to this on a podcast episode, you could be watching this on YouTube, or you could be watching this on Facebook or any other source. Uh, so I appreciate you for for joining me and watching this and being a part of this. This is pretty important to me as I start to do these mini courses and start to... Uh, give some information about individual types and topics uh, for different individual, different people. And INFJs have been, uh, I'd, I'd say, some of the most interesting for me to work with and talk with. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be exposed to a lot of INFJs. There are some people who are seemingly go through life without even engaging with any of them. They make up for the smallest percentage of the population and they're, they're certainly the rarest type. And I think they're the rarest type, not only just because of the actual numbers, but because they can be really difficult to type, to figure out, you know, their type, because they often feel like they identify as thinkers and feelers and can easily mistype themselves as an INTP or an INTJ or, or different type of thinker types and, uh, and, and tend to 
get themselves mixed up into, you know, a, a different range of, of, of thinking. So they, they might not necessarily identify as an INFJ, which is a problem if you're trying to figure out who you are and, and mistyping yourself. Let me just, uh, so I'm going to be fixing the camera here just a little bit. Just want to zoom in there. There we go. So, um, yeah, so this is going to be a full on breakdown video for INFJs, kind of everything that I know about it. And then in the course itself, we're going to break down specific little topics uh, in regards to INFJs. So I'm going to give uh, as much of an overview. This is going to be a pretty in-depth overview, probably the longest segment of all of the courses. So the free stuff is going to be the biggest one. And then, you know, you pay a little bit extra and you get some more detailed uh, advice as to what to do with life, relationships, careers, parenting, things like that, money management and uh, money mindset or entrepreneur mindset, because I am a marketer, I am a creator. And I should say, for those who don't know me, I should probably introduce myself first, because <laughs> I assume that you guys are coming here because you know me. But if you don't know me, if you come from Google or wherever, I am Christian Rivera. My name is C-Note as well. People call me C-Note because I'm making music and I usually find a way to make money <laughs> somehow, some way. And um, there is uh, a lot about me that is ever present in an INTP breakdown video that I did fairly recently, but uh, I'm an INTP. So that means my superpower is essentially doing research and reducing those concepts into understandable terms. Um, for instance, Albert Einstein was an INTP and not in any way equating me to the, his intelligence. It's not the same, but um, it's pretty cool to be in that company. Um, I've been a, a digital marketer and creator, a multimedia designer for nearly 20 years. Um, I shouldn't say digital marketer because it hasn't been around for that long, but I've been making, I've been designing and doing video uh, since really before the modern version of the internet. And uh, so a lot of what I talk about is baked within entrepreneurship, baked within marketing, within uh, design and user experience and stuff like that. So I'm always studying people, always studying social things, which is why Myers-Briggs has been such a natural transition for me. It's been something that I can speak to because I've already been kind of naturally studying people and learning about the ins and outs of who they are and and how they think and, and how they approach things. So learning MBTI for me has been something that has allowed me to really dive into the specifics and nuances and give things labels so I can easily reference and understand them to connect with people. Because for me, you know, connection is not as natural as someone like you as an INFJ. And I'm assuming you're an INFJ if you're watching this, um, that connection points and diplomacy in terms of connecting with people and emotional empathy is a little bit easier for an INFJ versus an INTP. An INTP like me, I have a little bit of a harder time. My version of empathy is a little bit more cognitive. Like I can predict people's behaviors based on things that I've seen, patterns, uh, connections, things like that. But for the most part, um, you know, in terms of emotions, I don't really have an emotional depth that I connect can connect with when it comes to other people. So, um, you know, INFJs are, are really great at that. They're really this nice mix between someone who is an emotional person who is, is not really so much uh, projecting or presenting their own emotions, but can understand the way that the brain works. And because they're feeling focused, they can 
kind of translate that into a version of empathy. It's not necessarily the same kind of empathy that an FI type, ENFPs, INFPs, ISFPs, and ESFPs would present. Um, so that's just a little bit about me um, in relation to INFJs. Um, I think INFJs are pretty great. They have this really nice range of emotion and thinking. So I appreciate that they can challenge things um, because that's what I do, you know. Um, so uh, the the point of this course is to help you understand a little bit more about yourself or the INFJ in your life and learn a little bit more about who they are, why they are, what they do, um, what their focuses are, uh, things like that. And for me, uh, being able to express that feels really good. So I'm, I'm thankful for you for listening to this and being a part of this. I'm going to include a link to a pre-order of this podcast or, or this course rather, which is going to be uh, audio segments. So this is the only one that's going to be video. And then the others are just going to be audio recordings so that you can listen to listen to it on the go and hear it at your own pace. I find that INFJs like to listen to podcasts at like one time, regular speed, uh, because they, they, and they appreciate video a little bit more, but I personally get a little bit more exhausted by doing video. So I apologize for that. They like watching people on video because they like seeing all the nuances of people's, uh, facial movements and ticks and things like that. Um, but for me, I, I'm a little bit robotic in nature, so you're not going to get much out of me anyway. <laughs> uh, so don't worry about it. So you, you'll just have to listen intently as I talk about INFJs. So um, yeah, so I've been doing audio courses, and this feels really great as an opportunity to do that. I also encourage you to go check out the Myers-Briggs Easy Mode course that I did, because there are some concepts here that I'm going to skip over, assuming that you know a little bit about Myers-Briggs. I'm going to try and do what I can to approach this from a place of you having zero understanding about Myers-Briggs, but it's going to be hard. It's kind of a jump. So uh, I would absolutely encourage you to go do the easy mode course. When you're done the easy mode course, I can give you a discount on the uh, advanced course, which will give you more in-depth knowledge about thinking versus feeling and intuitive versus sensing and things like that. Um, because I'm going to be talking a little bit about cognitive functions as well and really giving you a deep dive into INFJs and a full breakdown of everything that I can think of uh, without getting into too many like relationship details or career details, things like that. And we're going to talk about um, what all the letters mean and stuff like that. So the beginning, the beginner course, um, if you go to cnote.media, you can check out the beginner's course there. And that'll give you a sense of, of, of what the four letters mean, the little bit of the history with Carl Jung and all that stuff, um, and understanding thinking versus feeling and all of that stuff. And then the advanced course goes into a lot more detail and nuanced stuff. Like I talk about why the world needs introverted thinking, stuff like that. So anyway, so diving specifically into INFJs, INFJs are, uh, they lead with a process called introverted intuition. So if we talk about first, before actually I go into the cognitive functions, we can talk about the, what the four letters mean. What is an INFJ? An INFJ is an introverted, intuitive, feeling, judger type. So what that really translates to is their preferred attitude is introversion overall. Their preferred learning style is intuition, which is pattern, pattern recognition and being able to subconsciously gather information from either themselves or the world. Uh, feeling is their decision-making style, so they prefer to use emotions 
as their decision-making style. And then the J, the judging type, lets us know that the feeling type, that the feeling, the F, is their external preference. So they prefer to be an extrovert in their feeling. So the FJ will denote that they are an extroverted feeler in their cognitive stack. But because they prefer introversion overall, that they're going to lead with introverted intuition. So those are the first two functions that we're really going to focus on. I think later on in the course, we're going to talk a little bit more about the inferior functions. I'll kind of overview them here. But for the most part, INFJs are introverted intuitives with extroverted feeling. And that usually translates to very in-depth type of thinking. They are willing to go really, really deep on individual topics or very few ideas in order to really understand the depths of the brain and how that works. So the introverted intuition is a learning style. So it is the it is basically you're learning from yourself. It's kind of strange, <laughs> but you're learning from almost daydreaming and let your mind letting your mind wander and letting everything kind of be, you know, so that you can just explore all of the possibilities that your inner working world, your brain, your patterns in your brain allow you to to explore. And the reason this exists is because other types are very conscious, you know, they're very much in their own way. And INFJs, healthy INFJs, don't let themselves get in the way. They will be able to just kind of work through problems and work through um, anything that their brain is conjuring up and just kind of let their brain wander. And it's also the reason that when they start talking to people about their ideas, because they're using extroverted feeling, which means that they're making decisions based on really whether or not the group or the community and people that they trust agree with the notions that they're coming up with. Um, it, it allows them to, you'll notice that INFJs can monologue if they're given the room to, because they want to get their entire idea out there. They want to be able to share every little bit of what's going on in their brain to check it amongst someone else. Whereas INTJs, for example, will they, their secondary function is extroverted thinking, which means they need to check it against data, which is not necessarily people focused. They can confirm it against other like, you know, scientists or experts in a certain field, but they're not going to just check it against everyday people or people that they find loyal. Um, INFJs are going to be focused on people that they find loyal and trustworthy and worthy of their attention and love and care. So they're going to take all of these ideas that they have everything that they've been conjuring up and dreaming and whatnot, and really allowing themselves to check it against other people to see if, if any of it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> and um, they will sometimes, as a result, doubt themselves and second guess any of their thoughts or any of their intuition, because maybe they have a lot of thoughts and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come with a lot of error. You know, you're going to come across... Uh, a crazy rabbit hole of ideas. And then someone's going to be like, that's a little too much. And that, that consistent uh, uh, facing of rejection is going to be very hard. It's going to be a little bit hard to trust your intuition, but because of your ability to, to do it so naturally, it's really important for you to trust it. So I had a situation with a friend of mine, hopefully she's watching Kate, uh, Kate. Um, she, has a bold introverted group. Um, I forget the name of the group, the bold something introvert. Um, I'm really terrible at names, so nothing personal. <laughs> and um, she 
uh, had a really, really great thought once. I can't remember the specific thought, but you can tell that she was using her intuition and she came up with this idea and she was like, you know what, I'm going to put this out there. And that's part of the FE, you know, INFJ experience. They put themselves out there. And um, sometimes that's scary, but they have to realize that there's, you know, the, the part of putting yourself out there is accepting the idea that you might be rejected by something, that there's very much the possibility of that happening. And, and it's okay, um, because it's, it's not necessarily about putting your idea out there. And, and let me finish the story first. So she put this introverted, uh, intuitive thought out there. And she got some comments about it and people, mostly people were kind of averse to the idea. Like she, they, they were like, this is a new thought. This is something that's weird. And, um, basically it was something that her, her audience was a little bit uncomfortable with. So she kind of retracted the statement and decided to make a new one. And then I went in the comments and I was like, I saw your first statement and it was pretty on point. I thought it was really great. Um, and just because other people don't necessarily agree with it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that they're maybe not ready for it. So it doesn't mean that your intuitive statements, especially since intu- intuition, your introverted intuition is your superpower as an INFJ, you need to trust it a little bit more. And that means even though you're checking information another, against other people, it's about it's about getting that data on a larger scale. And, you know, a few people is not going to be enough information. If you're continuing to test this idea, this thought, this intuitive um, method of, of looking at something, it needs to be checked amongst a larger swath of people. And it could be within a, gr- a community that you've cultivated. But a few comments is, should not be enough to discourage you. You know, if it, that's too much, that's, that's too quick. And that's going to make you skittish about putting your ideas out there. And that's not going to be helpful for you as an INFJ. You need to be able to have room to play with your ideas, to be able to share those ideas. And that's why INFJs need to cultivate their communities, because if they put these ideas out into the world at large, they're going to be met with a lot of opposition from, you know, the generic public, public, um, you know, people that they are working with or people that they go to events to, with or, or, you know, anyone in their life that just kind of rapid, randomly comes into their life. If they were to just be like extroverted and out there, for example, and try to just put their ideas out on stage, everybody would look at them like they're crazy and they would feel crazy and that they would not, they would not continue to pursue that idea. You know, and it's not to say that every thought that an INFJ has is crazy. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But the introverted intuition allows for that possibility, meaning allows for that sense of depth that people don't naturally comfortably go to. And because it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, it's when you present it to them, it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be met with opposition. So that's why it's important for you as an INFJ to cultivate a community around you and to build boundaries for yourself uh, so that you can know that you trust these people, that you can trust their opinion, that they're not going to lie to you, but they're not going to necessarily be rude about it or whatever it is. If you're an INFJ that is cool with, usually most INFJs are cool with like playful bantering and, and stabbing and, 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 uh, badgering each other. That's kind of like an FETI thing. You know, introverted thinking is your, is your third function. And, you're basically playing, you know, having playful jabs at each other and, um, 
And that's fine. You know, that's part of, that's part of a natural way that INFJs will cultivate their community is by kind of like testing them a little bit and jabbing at them and making little jokes, um, that might be seen as offensive to like the general public. But if that person is cool with them, then you're like, great, you're in my community. Welcome to my world. You know, you're a part of this. You, you are in my boundaries and you know, that boundary can be a really big fence. That could be a really wide area of boundary for you and the people in the community that you create. Um, you know, Landon Porter, the, for those of you watching from the Gorilla Group, um, there's, a, there's a great group called Getting Clients Without Being Salesy. And uh, the leader of that group is an INFJ. He's a really great dude. And he is someone that has kind of naturally surrounded himself with INFJs, which is why I've had so much experience with INFJs. And um, through that, he's, he's been able to cultivate this group by continually, he'll go, occasionally he'll go on to a Facebook Live and he'll almost naturally vet his audience by saying, this is stupid. Why do you guys keep doing this? Why do you keep doing that? Whatever. He'll go on and just kind of, he'll start, he'll make little jokes towards people. He'll see if they're cool or not. Um, and he'll, he'll call people out. You know, if someone's being difficult in the group, he'll go on live and he'll say, he'll invite someone up to give them the opportunity to like defend themselves or to talk about why they did what they did or whatever. But if that person leaves, it's usually presented with the attitude of like, Oh, well, I guess uh, that didn't work. You know, you're not going to fit in, but you can also tell visually that it kind of hurts a little bit that it's like, damn, I lost another one. You know, <laughs> it's kind of an INFJ thing. And then that's part of the INFJ balance is really trying to figure out how to bring people into your world without completely alienating everyone because you like people. As an INFJ, you appreciate people, but you appreciate specific people. <coughs> ah, sorry, a little tickle in my throat. Um, and it always happens when I have to talk for a while. <laughs> I'm usually fine otherwise. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, INFJs will naturally and subconsciously take the time to cultivate a community because it's really that, that introverted intuition and extroverted feeling combination that allows, for, they want to have that room to be able to express their intuition. And that means cultivating community of people. Sometimes that means getting rid of family. Sometimes that means like not having certain types of friends around, you know, that's really frustrating for them. Um, if that's the case, but they're continually trying to bring new people into their community um, to be loved and accepted. And part of FE, which is extroverted feeling, or if you have seen um, personality hackers videos, they refer to FE as harmony and uh, not to be confused with everything being okay. Harmony meaning, you know, everything needs to be the way that I want it. <laughs> Cause my dad is a harmony leader. He's an ESFJ, which is a, um, harm uh, fe dominant and he very much goes into these modes where he just wants everyone to get along he wants everyone to be he wants the house to be clean he wants everything to be kind of under his control and fe can be a, a bit of a controlling thing if it's not checked with a level of maturity you know so sometimes infjs can come off a little bit controlling because they're trying to make sure that their environment is the way that they want it the way that they need it the way that it's that it should be an unhealthy infj will use fe as a means to avoid conflict they will stay away from uh uh 
from from handling any kind of difficulty because they just want everyone to get along, especially within their peer group. So, um, but if they kind of fluctuate between FE and TI, which is their third function, uh, introverted thinking, it will often kind of get them out of their shell eventually. So we're going to talk about a couple different things um, in the course itself as we continue to go along. We're going to break down the individual cognitive functions as we go. So um, just to quickly break down what those cognitive functions are. The dominant function, as I've mentioned before, is introverted intuition. That is that subconscious brain recognition, brain pattern recognition within your brain, which kind of allows INFJs to feel like they know people really well because they know their brain in and out and they see the patterns in other people. Sometimes it can create this magical disconnect from themselves. They almost don't feel like they're a person because they understand all of the little bit, little aspects of humanity and are so busy observing everyone in the room that they kind of forget that they're there. <laughs> and, and that's um, something that I've both read as a common experience for INFJs and something that I've talked to other INFJs about to confirm that this was a thing that they experienced. Sometimes they, they feel like they naturally get into a daydream state and they will just kind of wake up at like the dinner table and say like, uh, suddenly I realized that I'm a human, you know, and it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, uh, feeling. So, um, that's why I refer to INFJs as the mage because their introverted intuition feels very magical to them. It can feel that way to, um, to INTJs as well, but INTJs will seek more grounded data to try to explain what it is where INFJs just feel like it's something that happens, especially since it's a people focused thing and it's an emotion focused thing. They often can feel like it's just like a magical, it it just, that, that intuition mixed with feeling just feels magical. You know, NF types will kind of feel the same way. Um, uh, uh, other NF types, I should say, will kind of feel the same way. But introverted feelers, uh, introverted intuitive feelers, certainly will feel this semblance of of feeling this intense empathy because they understand the way the brain works. And that's the confusing part: is that introverted intuition doesn't necessarily mean that you're an empath. It means you understand the way the brain works, but you don't necessarily understand the emotions because your emotional state FE is not about your emotions. And sometimes that's a problem in the sense that INFJs will forget to include themselves when they are judging other people or when they, they feel like they can be judged so harshly by other people that they forget that they can also make uh, feeling assertions about other people. Because they don't, they're not so concerned with their feelings. They're concerned with their intuition and mixed with extroverted feeling. They're, they're really, what they're doing is they're tying introverted intuition to feeling, which gives them almost this like backdoor empathy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like an intuitive cognitive thing mixed with understanding the di- diplomatic aspect of being able to navigate communities and people and stuff like that. But it's not necessarily in tune with their own emotions. Does that make sense? Like, cause empathy typically means you have to understand your own emotions and understanding your own emotions is more of an FI thing. So using NI and FE is almost like a backdoor combination. NIFE equals FI kind of thing. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a pseudo empathy. You know, it's like a somewhere between cognitive empathy and like actual empathy, you know, something like that. So it's, it's anyway, 
So introverted intuition kind of leads to all of that thinking. And uh, you can go down your own brain rabbit hole and go down these monologues with other people because you're just, you're so used to, especially people you trust, because you're so used to being able to do that in your brain, in your own head. You're just going at a million miles an hour and working through so many different things. So um, the next function is FE, extroverted feeling, which is typically nicknamed harmony. I should also note that uh, NI is typically referred to as perspectives um, because they're very much in tune with understanding the individual perspectives of human beings. They can almost see every human being within themselves is basically what I'm saying. So uh, extrovert feeling is the secondary function. Your secondary function is going to be your greatest opportunity for growth. So, and because it's the, because it's the opposite attitude. And when I say attitude, I mean introvert or extrovert. So your attitudes are going to be shifting from one to the next within each function. So your first function is going to be introverted. If you're a dominant introvert, your secondary is going to be extroverted. Third is going to be introvert and fourth is going to be extroverted. So your secondary is extroverted and it's extroverted feeling. It is your decision-making function. It is the, the place that INFJs will, will, will utilize as the means to make a decision. So they will be usually checking any kind of information that they've gathered or con or or worked up against a community of people that they've cultivated, as I've been talking about basically throughout this video and um, this segment, that uh, introverted intuitives will take the time to work through an idea, but they need to check it with other people with their community to validate that idea and to make sure that it's something worth pursuing. So that is why it's important to utilize that extroverted feeling, because if you did not, you would just get into what's called the cognitive loop between your introverted intuition and your introverted thinking to continue to convince yourself that every single thing that you conjure up that you have an idea about is absolutely true, regardless of what other people think. And for an INFJ, that is not a healthy way to be. Uh, because you will come up with all sorts of crazy ideas, you will sort of, you will come up with uh, ill intentions of of people, and basically you're making, you're kind of living in this loop in this world of assumptions if you're not checking checking it against extroverted feeling. So it's super important to make sure that you take the time to cultivate the community that you've created. Uh, you know, and check your ideas against people you trust. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to present every single thing about your sense of being to people, to the people in your lives. You can have certain designations of certain people for different types of ideas and be able to go to them with it. But also just be aware that if you are talking to a friend about this stuff, that they might need you to slow down and <laughs> they might need you to kind of work through one idea at a time. And depending on the person that you're speaking to, they just might need you to be aware of, of, of their capacity to appreciate and work through all of the things that you've worked through so intensely and so much in so much depth on your own. Cause INFJs, when they approach people using that FE, they, they want to be able to go into deep conversation. They're not smart. They're, they're not for small talk. They, because they're so able to go into such depth with themselves, they immediately want to be able to do that with other people. And sometimes when they approach other people like that, it can become intrusive. You start to ask deep questions that you just met this person. You're not ready to, to dive in. So certainly a skill that an INFJ could develop is that small talk ability to not necessarily 
because it's going to suck. It's not going to feel natural to you. But but think of it as a means to get to the place that you want to get to. If you have to, if you want to be able to work with someone uh, and talk to someone and really get into depth with someone, you have to get through that first layer. And, you know, it, it's... It's, it's not fair to expect someone to immediately share all of the details of your world, uh, to, of their world, if you're not willing to first share that yourself. So you have to kind of navigate, you know, slowly to each other by asking sometimes rudimentary questions. It doesn't mean how has the weather, but it can be uh, like, what's the weather like, but it can be things about the person, you know, what's your favorite color? How are you feeling today? What's going on? Um, with life, you know, and ask generic questions and allow them to present what they want to present. And don't try to pry so much to try to get them into that depth conversation that you want to have. Some people just aren't going to be willing to get there. And it doesn't mean you need to dismiss them. That's also unhealthy, you know, but it means that when you set boundaries and cultivate a community of people, you're cultivating a community that you can go into depth with, but it doesn't mean you need to completely shut out other people. You know, it's certainly healthy to be able to have casual conversations and casual people in your life that you can have conversations with because it's good to be social. It's good for networking. It's good to, it's good to have basic social skills when you go to the barista and you're trying to get a coffee and the nicer that you are to someone, the more likely they are to, to maybe help you out or give you something nice. Or if you spill your coffee, they'll give you a free one, you know, stuff like that. So it, it, taking the time to kind of learn the practical, positive reasons for being uh, a small talker, and it doesn't mean you have to use it all the time, but to just have those skills for when you need it is certainly helpful because INFJs just want to immediately go into the deep, gushy stuff. And people just aren't going to be ready for that right away. It can see, seem intrusive and be a huge turnoff. And INFJs do have a problem connecting with people as a result of that. So it's certainly important to take the time to learn the skills in that way. You can try Toastmasters, which is a people do like... Um, uh, uh, public speaking and stuff like that, or just networking events and practice, or just, you know, courses and things like that to try to learn uh, little ways to just kind of connect with people and, um, and, and use, you know, even if it's it kind of gamify it, maybe, you know, don't, don't necessarily try to get out of your head in terms of the cynicism behind small talk, you know? So uh, that's going to be a, a part of being able to connect with people and being able to use that FE in a healthy way. So the third function is introverted thinking and introverted thinking is typically responsible for logic and deductive reasoning. Um, ob it's seeking objectivity, but it's a very subjective process, meaning that it's all about your logic and everything that you've gathered and everything you've ascertained in life. And that mixed with introverted intuition can again, create this loop that will, uh, can allow you to convince yourself that everything that you intuit is absolutely true. And you don't need to check it against other people, which is an unhealthy way to be. And it's important to note that your tertiary function, your third function, your introverted thinking is has the sophistication of a 10 year old child. So it is something that is not going to be a dominant driver in your life. And it's often the reason that INFJs will identify as thinkers because it's a very introverted process. So it very much marries naturally with introverted intuition mixed with the idea that introverted intuition is a, is kind of a dreamlike similar to a thinking process, but it's a little bit more 
of a let go process, whereas introverted thinking is a very conscious active process. So it is a decision making process, but it's your secondary decision making process. So INFJs would benefit more from connecting with people and being able to use that as a means to check what they need to do next. Introverted thinking can come out as a very Um, your, your tertiary function is also your defense mechanism typically. So it can come out as really sharp jabs. And we're going to talk about that in once in a specific segment, because I'm an introverted thinking dominant. So I understand that, you know, being cold and calculated can be really sharp. And if it's done right, it can be a sharp knife versus a dull blade, uh, if it's not done well. And the version that INFJs typically use is more of a dull blade where, They'll kind of make, you know, a good example of that is when they do make those sharp jabs at friends to kind of test them, they will, they will make a joke. Maybe they'll call them a name or something or, or say they look like a character or I don't know, just make little tiny offensive things to their friends just to see if it clicks with them. And, uh, the way that TI and FI, FE work together well is that TI will make that jab but then FE will come in and be like, ha or LOL at the end, just some way to let them know that they're safe. Uh, that's another thing that I've noticed, especially on internet behavior is the ability for FE to interject and say, well, you know, we're just kidding by the way. Like we said this harsh thing, but we're just kidding. We're, you know, don't, don't take it seriously. <laughs> so that's the way that works. Um, and we're going to go into much more depth in another segment in uh, a future aspect of this course. And then, um, SE is your inferior function. SE is typically responsible for extra, for, for sensory things, extroverted sensory things. So and not to be confused with extra sensory in terms of extra sensory perception, it means extroverted sensing and mean meaning in going out into the world and physically experiencing things and having a low SE usually leads to INFJs feeling a little bit disembodied. They're not very, um, they're not always very confident in how they feel, not necessarily how they feel physically about their body, but like literally feeling their body. They're so brain and mentally focused that they can feel this disconnection from being a human being. So they might not take care of themselves so much. They might not take care of their environment. They're not so concerned with their immediate surroundings. And it's something that to exhibit a healthy usage of your inferior function, it's something that you should look at, you know, 5% to 10% of your day as something that you should experience. So that means literally going outside and experiencing things. And when I say sense sensory, that means like your, your senses, like smell and touch and hearing and touching and just experiencing life and physically being present. And uh, so INFJs having that as their inferior function, which is the equivalent of a three-year-old child, it's something that they're just not naturally good at. So INFJs might not necessarily be kinesthetically intelligent. They can be. It's like anything. It's a skill that can be developed, Um, but it's not something that's going to naturally translate to other things. So an INFJ might be really good at a sport because it's something that they've been taught since they were a kid, but all of those skills may not necessarily transfer to other sports, for example where they might not necessarily be good at other subtle versions of using that 
uh, type of thinking. So, but something that would be really good for an extroverted sensor, especially in uh, an INFJ with an inferior extroverted sensing, is to just like take five to ten minutes. Make sure that your your house is clean, that your body is taken care of. You know that you're eating something well, um, that you're eating good food, that you are going for a walk, you're experiencing nature, you're going outside, you're physically experiencing life and experiencing things. Um, that could be like, you know, being with your partner physically, uh, and and in a healthy way, of course, in a safe, healthy way, of course, I'm not condoning unsafe physical things and, um, uh, uh, and, and doing things that are, you know, uh, uh, taking five to 10% of your day, which is literally like an hour or less and doing something that, you know, that satiates that. And for me, you know, for, for example, for me, my inferior is extroverted feeling. So for me, that's taking a little bit of time to be grateful, to seek affirmations, to find ways to get affirmations from other people, to check in and make sure that my environment is kind of cohesive and there's a sense of harmony, that to make sure that Molly, whom I live with, is, uh, is okay and taken care of and that everything's fine with her. Um, and to make sure that people in my community are fine, but that's literally something I need to devote maybe an hour a day to in total, something that is not in, like, if I do more than that, it becomes something that becomes unhealthy for me. It's an unhealthy focus and you can become what is called, um, in the grip of your inferior function. And you start to exhibit exaggerated traits that, um, you know, is kind of the equivalent of a three-year-old with that type being, kind of in a panic state. So for me as an INTP, FE will come out as like kind of being whiny and not making any decisions for myself, uh, kind of giving in to other people's needs and not really taking care of myself, some things like that. And for extroverted sensing, which is going to be the INFJ's inferior, um, that could come off in a way of like numbing yourself and experiencing gluttony essentially is like eating too much and trying to just kind of like get physical sensory joys. So if you're in high stress, you can experience and fall into the grip of inferior. Basically, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Falling into the grip of something, which is something I'm going to be talking about in the cognitive functions course in more depth, but falling into the grip of your inferior function is what happens when it doesn't get enough tension, uh, get enough attention the same way that a three-year-old will kind of freak out if you're not paying attention to it, right? It, he, she, whatever. <laughs> if you're not paying attention to the child, they will panic and freak out. So if you're not satiating your extroverted sensing as an INFJ, it's going to come out in a panic state and it's going to shut out or take control over the other functions. So extroverted sensing is going to seek numbing behavior that could be overeating. That could be drugs. That could be physical things. That could be promiscuity. That could be anything that is just like getting out of your brain and just doing stuff physically, but that could be dangerous. And, um, that's why it's important to take five to 10% of your day to satiate that inferior function by just making sure that your environment's taken care of, your body is taken care of, you're eating good food. Uh, you could maybe even come up with a system to make sure that you're eating good food. So it's not something that is like an active process or get into a habit of like going for a walk every morning, doing something that is physical in nature. You're experiencing physical things in a healthy way. And being in your body and not necessarily thinking so much. 
So um, that's that's important for an INFJ to consider as a part of their life. But we're going to go into this stuff in a lot more detail within the course itself. So this has been a breakdown of INFJs for as much as I can think of without going into all the specifics that we're going to go into the court in the course. So in the course, we're going to break down uh, let me actually pull up my Trello board here, and I can give you the names of the course details uh, of the segments that I'm doing. I'm doing about five or six segments around uh, for INFJs, and I'm really excited, excited about Actually, I got nine. Um, so this one that you've just listened to or watched is called Introduction, What Does INFJ Mean? Um, the next one's going to be called Spaced Out, What is Introverted Intuition? So we're going to talk in much more depth about introverted intuition. The next one is The Need for Approval, Fitting In or Fitting Out, which is going to be about extroverted feeling. The third one is going to be The Sharp, the sharp Blade, uh, Precise Burns which is about uh, the defensiveness of INFJs using introverted thinking as their defense mechanism, as their ter tertiary function. The one that I mentioned as a, is the equivalent of the uh, uh, um, cognitive ability of a 10-year-old child. The next one is going to be make it stop, I want out, which is going to be about your inferior function and the grip of the inferior function and how to satiate it. So we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about that. Um, the one after that is called Am I Crazy or Are They Crazy? The Cognitive Loop, which is NI and TI making good friends with each other and ignoring everything else and basically making you an INFJ hermit. <laughs> and then um, uh, we're going to talk about connection, all or nothing, and which is basically going to be about uh, INFJ's relationships to people. How, what kind of relationships do you want as an INFJ? Which are going to make you the most happiest? How can you get those connections in a healthy way without alienating yourself? And uh, setting proper boundaries and thinking about including yourself when you reference everybody or talk about humanity and things like that, because INFJs tend to exclude themselves in that judgment. Um, and then we talk about career. Uh, I, I labeled it. I don't really want to right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, INFJs could have a solid career, but they tend to, um, because they're so extroverted feeling, they can kind of come off as like warm and approachable and they don't always want to be that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, we're going to talk about balancing that a little bit. And then the last one is parenting. I might add another segment or two as I record this thing, but, um, you know, we're going to get uh, at least nine segments out of this. So be sure to check out, there's going to be a link in the description, most likely, uh, to pre-order this course. And uh, I haven't picked a price yet, but it's going to be pretty cheap. Each of these courses are going to be really cheap. So I'm going to be going through all of the different um, personality types and doing videos for this, for each introduction, but then also um, individual courses that are going to be like 10 segments each. Uh, to really break down each type and give you a better sense of who you are and, um, and, and be able to learn how to navigate forward. So um, check out the link if you're an INFJ and you're really interested in this course. It's going to be cheap. I'm, like, I'm thinking like $25, honestly. Um, something that you're going to get a lot of information for at a really good price. And then um, go check out the Myers-Briggs Easy Mode course. Go to cnote.media to check out all the courses that I have available. Um, so you can do that. And there's also the advanced course available. I'm going to be doing a cognitive functions course. And if you're trying to start a podcast, go to uh, cnote.media to check out the podcast course as well. So um, that's everything i got going on right now. Um, be sure to subscribe to my podcast, um, cnote.show, which is uh, the cnote media madness podcast. And then I also have dopamine.life as my 
mental health podcast. So I got a lot of things going on, but <laughs> this is the uh, INFJ breakdown video. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave some love, leave a comment, leave a like. Uh, let me know what you thought. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them here, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever I put it up. And uh, if you pick up the course, please let me know. I would love to hear it. I'd love to be able to work with you and um, you know, answer any follow-up questions. And if you get through the course and you feel like it's not enough, feel free to let me know. And then I do offer consulting services so we can talk about that and see how we can, we can get you to a better place of understanding yourself as an INFJ and be able to navigate the world in a way that feels good to you. You can cultivate the community that you want, be able to utilize your intuitive strength without feeling bad about it, and being able to see satiate your inferior functions, your introverted thinking, and your extroverted sensing in a way that is healthy and happy for you. So thanks for watching. I really appreciate you guys. And um, make sure you go check out the link, go to cnote.media to check out the courses that I offer. And, um, and that's it. I'll see you guys next time on well, this is there's no show here. It's just cnote media. So if you're actually if you're listening to this, um, and you already bought the course, uh, the next segment we're going to get into is called spaced out. What is introverted intuition? So if you bought the course, stick around for that. That's what's coming next. And if you haven't bought the course, shame on you. <laughs> I'll see you guys.